alcohol. Um, I can remember going to a haunted house as a child where midway through, uh, there were there's three boys in my family, and midway through, my dad was handing out my younger brother to my mom, and I was trying my best to get over that gate to get out too, and my dad pulled me back in and made me finish the haunted house, you know, so I, there was that, that tension there, and I, I, I like that, it's, I, like, I like that tension, I like, you know, that little gut thing, and, the, and, and several of these haunted houses we can talk about have that tension, you know, there's, they offer it. From the Times of Northwest Indiana and nwi.com slash podcasts, this is Byline. A show about one newspaper's most fascinating stories and the people who tell them. I'm Andrew Jones. I'm Kale Wilk, and this week, we're in the festive Halloween spirit and taking a look at haunted houses. We'll find out just what makes them so enjoyable. I never really feel like safe the whole time, but that's kind of the fun part for me. Because you're constantly like on your toes. And we'll get a quick review of the top four haunted houses in the region so that you can make your last minute Halloween plans and maybe spend your holiday with this charming young woman. (laughs) Okay, I'll admit it. Bob Casarda is a more fearless man than I am. I've never gone to any Why don't you go to haunted houses? Just like, if, it, like literally, that freaks me out. I'm scared to death. I love him. Really? Always have. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's what we want to talk about. Yeah. Cool. If you've ever been inside a haunted house before, you can probably match images with these uh, sounds. But if you haven't, well, if you're like me, it's almost just as bad. This is what it sounds like on just another pleasant sunny day at Amherst Asylum in Valparaiso, Indiana. Behind the mic is Bob Casarda, the Porter County Courts and Government reporter. Uh, Literally, he's holding a microphone as he walks through the house. Bob visited a total of four Northwest Indiana haunted houses, armed with a phone mic and a penchant for a good time. The good time went over pretty well. But the mic didn't. And it was such a pain because they don't want phones, they don't want people with phones, so all through the, throughout the thing, I kept having characters, word character, you're screaming at me, put your phone away, put your phone away. And I'm like, I'm a jur- working journalist, put your phone away. So it's like, <laughs> after a while, it just got old, even, you know, so I had to kind of conceal it to get some of the sound. Thank goodness he did, too. Footage from inside these demented places is rare, but almost as horrifying as the real thing. So if you think the insanity inside a place like Amherst Asylum is jarring, Let's talk about what exactly a courts reporter is doing reporting on haunted houses. So, just to review, this is... Uh, Bob Caserta, uh, a staff writer here at the Times, working out of the Valparaiso office currently. Though I think I've worked in nearly every office other than Crown Point. So I've been around, around and back. Although he's a reporter now, a long time ago, Bob was a computers guy. But his love of writing led him to journalism. 
and eventually to the Times. I could write, I guess, you know, and uh, I was studying computers in college back in the day when computers were new and an uh, English teacher and at, at Purdue where I was at school initially it, it just thought I could write, redirected me into journalism at IU and I was compliant and I went. And uh, earlier years of journalism, so this was more the Watergate-driven journalism, you know, the, the watchdog. And um, graduated from IU and began at the Times back in 86, and back in the old Hammond building. And then worked out of that building, worked out of the Munster building, worked out of the, we had an Illinois building at one point in Lansing, worked out of that office, left the area for a while, and then um, left the Times, obviously, came back. 15 years ago or something here, and I've been working out of Porter County, worked out of the Portage office, the old Portage office, and now I'm in Valparaiso where I cover courts, county government, federal courts one day a week, just about everything. We're all doing everything these days. He even writes a blog for the Times. It's called Vegan in the Region and can be found at nwi.com slash blogs. I do a vegan blog, yes. Yeah, I was, um, again, outside the box here at the paper, I've, been a vegetarian for probably nearly 30 years, um, mostly a vegan for most of that, but within the last couple of years, a total vegan, and um, just wanting to share some of what that's like, particularly in the region, you know, where it's it's newer than it is elsewhere in the country, and um, just pitched the idea and wondered if I'd have enough to go on with that, and it's been almost over a year now that I've been doing that. So, so Bob loves being a journalist, but another thing he loves is being afraid. And that's somewhat odd, right? Because when you're afraid, you can feel your heart pounding, a shiver go down your spine, or that jolt when you jump out of your skin when someone or something spooks you really badly. And then it's all kind of unpleasant, isn't it? But Bob? Ugh. He can't get enough of it. He's loved it since he was a kid. I grew up, you know... I, I was fascinated with the horror genre growing up. And again, I grew up in the 70s, so we're talking, you had multiple vampires out there. Count Yorgas and Dracula and Blackula was a vampire in that, that era. It was wonderful stuff. You know, you had um, um, Dr. Fives. We had all these. You know, we were fascinated. This was the day of the drive-in. We had the YNW drive-in there on Broadway in Maryville. You know, so we, my father took me to see The Exorcist there. So I'm sitting here watching The Exorcist, you know, next to a car door, making sure it's locked throughout the thing. So I was fascinated and kind of horrified by it all. Um, I can remember going to a haunted house as a child where midway through, uh, there were there's three boys in my family, and midway through, my dad was handing out my younger brother to my mom, and I was trying my best to get over that gate to get out too, and my dad pulled me back in and made me finish the haunted house. And he recalls exploring abandoned homes with relatives and friends. Other than finding abandoned homes, and then we would do that kind of stuff and be convinced there were ghosts and go climbing through haunted houses. You know, up in Michigan we had a cottage and there was a house we found a mile off into the woods that was abandoned and we would just scare ourselves to death by going out there and, and roaming around and finding bits of things and hearing sounds and running off, you know. Yeah, particularly in Garrick, yeah, there were places we go to and go wandering through because you go to these homes and there's pictures and there's and there's things that you just don't know what they are, you know, and basements and, and whatever. Oh, yeah, and, and it was all in our minds, our young minds, they were all, you know, it was all horrific. So now who shares the spooks with Bob? His niece. Hello? Meet Emma Casarda. Yeah, um, I'm Emma Casarda. I'm 17. Okay, yeah, and I'm a senior in high school. 
Emma and Bob have gone together to haunted houses since she was in middle school. Um, when I was in middle school, I went on a field trip to Florida, and we were at Universal Studios during Halloween time, and that and we went in all the haunted houses uh, Fright Night, and that was my first time ever being in a haunted house. And I came back, and I was telling him how much I loved him. And so the next year, he's like, hey, let's go to a haunted house, because I loved him so much, and then it just kind of kept going every year. Yeah, I like that you never really know what's going to, like, through that door and I do like being scared because like the jump like when they jump out that scares me but then I kind of get over it and I just I love Halloween and I love the decorations and the surprise um, I always feel really anxious throughout the whole thing because you're looking at the decorations and the, what's happening like there's a room that you have to push on a book bookshelf that's like the only door so you're trying to figure out how to get out of rooms and what's happening and the strobe lights and then people jump out at you so you're never really I never really feel like safe the whole time but that's kind of the fun part for me because you're constantly like on your toes it just I think we enjoy being scared but also knowing that we're in a safe like controlled environment but it's like an adrenaline rush Seems like a bit of a tradition in the Casarda family to visit haunted houses, whether in the wild or with a crowd. Emma may get a shock out of Haunted Hills Hospital, but now that Bob is a full-grown man, he's too big to scare. Right? Well, okay, so maybe he's still scarable, but that's beside the point. Bob loves the experience. I think there's a, there's a fear with these, though, that you know is okay. You know, this, it's a safe kind of fear. As bad as it can get, you know that, that there's a way out and, you, and it's not serious. So what do each of these four houses Bob reviewed have to offer in terms of scares? He gave us a pretty comprehensive review, uh, but left us with a few cliffhangers as well. Started off with the Amherst Asylum which builds itself as a loony bin down in south of El Paraiso. And that, you know, that was very much a kind of in-your-face kind of chase-you-around kind of experience. Though there is a very cool thing right when you go into the haunted house I won't give away. It's kind of fun. And I did return this year to Lake of the Hills out in uh, St. John, which is one of the ones I went to early on with my niece. That one I, I went back to again specifically just to kind of see it was still as good as it was. And, that, and they do a great job there. The Haunted Hills one, which is the one in Portage, which is one that was being operated out of a house and now is in this new facility before you even got in the house you'd be standing in line and all kinds of creatures start coming out of the doors and what the most disturbing was like this little nine-year-old boy who came running out of the house and just ran in terror back to around the back of the building no explanation it was just like what was that and why was he doing it and you meet up with him later in the house but it's just like there was something so disturbing about seeing a little boy because you don't see little ones and they work that in so effectively <laughs> It's still the granddaddy, Reaper's Realm, which is the big old scary house that everybody sees along the south side of 94 there, you know, um, in Hammond. And it is still the best, you know. You got this multi-level house that just from the outside scares you. You know, we're standing in line and we can see the smoke or the dry ice, whatever, flowing from one of the windows, you know, before you even get in there. In fact, this year... <laughs> And I'm, I'm not going to give anything away because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. But this year, um, when you first walk in, you actually climb through a hearse to get into the haunted house. You've got to climb your way through a hearse into the haunted house. That's how you enter. That's how it all begins. <laughs> so you know it's going to go downhill from there. Mm-hmm. 
Of course, the sheer horror of these places is no deterrent for visitors. It's why they came, and in all likelihood, it's why they'll come back. Bob caught up with a few visitors on his way out of the Haunted Hills Hospital experience. Yeah, this is definitely the first one that happened to Yeah, it was like a really good one. Like, I didn't it makes me really want to come back. It does? Yeah. Yeah, it makes me want to go. Oh, hey, there's money. Yeah. But yeah, that was like really good. Yeah. When it was all said and done, like, I didn't want to go. <laughs> he tried to make an excuse not to come. If the only haunted houses in the area back in the day were whatever derelict building you could find in the back 40, well, let's just say the market has improved. And underneath the horror of the haunted house concept, there is sheer delight. You know, this it's a safe kind of fear. As bad as it can get, you know that that there's a way out and, you, and, that, and it's not serious. It's like, yeah, this is like... Then there's a sobering side to all of this, and it has nothing to do with clowns. Oh, clowns. Oh, my. Yes, they're out there. And and it made it more relevant this year because of everything going on. I was going to these haunted houses right when the whole clown fear was, was surging in this country, in this area. Or even with haunted houses. It has to do with Bob Casarda's real job the thing he reports on the most. See, with Haunted Houses, you get a straight sort of play in which you're the starring role. But in real life, you can't just get chased around by some nutty character, have your laughs and screams, and leave until next Halloween. In Bob's career, as a courts reporter, that truth hits very close to home. It's a good relief over what I do most of the time. Most of what I do is pretty grim. Quite ironic. Quite ironic, yeah, 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 considering that what I do is a lot of, you know, but, but what I do is the true horror, really, it's particularly the court stuff. I mean, I've been through a lot of court stuff that has been really the, kind of the true horrors in life. And because um, I, I, at this point, I don't watch these kind of movies anymore. I don't, really don't watch horror movies. I don't like violent movies anymore, just because I live so much of that in the reality, you know, and the movies are do such an injustice to show in the, the reality of violence, you know, it, it kind of become numb to it. So I think these aren't that this isn't violence. This is this is scare in a healthy, fun way of scare. Perhaps it's ironic to escape one grim world by paying money to get into another one. But in some ways, that's what the Halloween holiday is all about. And as for newspapers and reporters, well, sometimes it's nice to strike a balance between the stories about places to go for a fun weekend and the stories that really will keep you up all night. Byline is a production of the Times of Northwest Indiana. Even though this episode was not, we typically have new episodes every Monday, and they can all be found at nwi.com slash podcasts. Byline is also on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can find us by just typing in NWI Byline in the search bar, and we should pop up. If you've got a media player and want to download any episodes, our podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. We just kindly ask that you rate us and leave a review because it actually really helps. We also like to hear from you, whether that's constructive comments, feedback, or suggestions for topics you're interested in hearing more about. You can just send us an email to nwibyline at gmail.com. Reporting for this episode came from Bob Casarda, the man brave enough to master four haunted houses and still have his wits about him.
Kale and I helped report this one too, but we're thankful to Bob for sparing us the haunted house experience. You can read Bob's article on the houses in the 219 section of the Times and on their website, 219.mwi.com. Finally, Summer Moore is the Times Digital and Audience Engagement Editor and the metaphorical Dr. Frankenstein to the Byline podcast. That implies that she created it, which she did, and that the podcast is a, a monster, which it is not. We hope. I'm Kale Wilk. I'm Andrew Jones. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.